Well, for the first, after I committed to doing it, I got a sign from the university that this was an incredibly auspicious, potent decision. And then I just relaxed. And in that relaxing, I received the download. And it was just the words, pause box. But I just felt like it was a full stop. Like, that's your orders, pause box. Go figure that out. Welcome to the Modern Life and Spirit Podcast, where we explore spiritual topics relevant to today's world. Your hosts, certified psychic medium, Christina Wooten, and Reiki master teacher, Robert Wooten, break down how to work with spirit to create more positive growth in your life. Consider this podcast your go-to spiritual resource for navigating the modern world. Hey everybody, this is Christina Wooten, Certified Psychic Medium. Welcome to Modern Life and Spirit Podcast. And I am so excited to share one of those treasured people that you have in your life that really helps you to go deeper, that lives their talk, that shows you a new way to live, those visionaries in the world. I'm sharing with you one of those people in my little treasure box, Meredith Vaish. And she is a clarity coach. She definitely tells her story way better than I could ever give justice to. So Meredith, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. I love being part of your treasure box first. (laughs) Um, So my name is Meredith. I am a clarity coach. I have a company called Pausebox and I help busy women really take a break so they can figure out what's next for them. And as I get into my story, you'll hear why that was important to me. I'm up here in the San Francisco Bay Area and uh, surrounded by a bunch of high achieving, overdoing women. And that's kind of where my calling came from. And you were also one of those high achieving, <laughs> me? busy, yeah. So my the quick story on me is, you know, just raised to perform. Um, achievement was sort of in my blood. I grew up in Salt Lake, but came to the Bay Area during all the um, technology boom. I took a break from that to go to Stanford University, where I thought it would be, quote, easier (laughs) to to work because it was an academic institution versus a, you know, a dot com or some kind of tech startup. And what I found is I'm still the same person no matter where I'm working and all of the, you know, proving, performing, get it done, make it happen, hustle, all that energy um, is just what I did really well, and I was rewarded for it. So I was in a very high level job at um, Stanford, I was doing I was in charge of a tech integration project. And so we had consultants and anytime you've got, you know, people billing by the hour, like, it took my normal kind of pace and it, you know, uh, uh, notched it up even more. And three months into this project, um, that I had full, like I had ownership on. It was, it's a project I had sponsored. So I just had so much skin in the game and I was trying to keep up with all these consultants who are used to working 24 hours a day. And, um, on top of being, you know, full-time mom, taking care of our household, pets, husband, you know, all the things we don't really give ourselves credit for Mm -hmm. taking care of. And, um, yeah, three months into that project, I just, my body just gave out. So what that looked like was my right arm and shoulder and neck, they just, it went limp. Wow. Like I had, it was like fatigue. I couldn't actually use my hand. And I thought, this is weird. And I have another hand. 
<laughs> like I was, I was really determined just to keep going because that's been my DNA. Mm-hmm. So I had to pull out of the project. It was, I would say it was so shameful for me because I've never pulled out of anything. I've never let anyone down. I've never really gotten anything wrong. Like that's how much intensity I bring to this energy of hustle and accomplishment and achievement. And I remember having to tell my team that um, like really my HR director is like, no, really you, you need to stop working. And I'm like, no, I can just, you know, I have another hand. I'll just, I'll just, you know, she's like, no, no, like legally it's, it's real Meredith. You have to go take care of yourself. And (laughs) so I got over the shame. I thought people would think I was lazy. I thought people would think I'm making it up. Cause you know, I'm not bleeding. Nothing. It didn't look like a real injury. It was mm-hmm. it's called repetitive mm-hmm. stress injury. But the truth was my nerve, I was getting nerve damage. I was getting really, really broken. They put me in recovery. They put me into a wonderful um, acupuncture healing process. And I, you know, I had never done acupuncture, which is funny because I live here in California. And I was so worried about the needles, right? I'm like, oh, the needles are going to be so painful. But yeah. I went there. And she laid me on the table, you know, head down and she put the needles in and I was like, okay, this isn't, this isn't so bad. This is okay. And she said, all right, Meredith, I'm going to leave you for 20 minutes. And I was like, what? (laughs) You're going to leave me for 20 minutes. And off she goes, I'm laying on this, you know, this table And I think it was the first time I had literally stopped in since I could remember. I just remember feeling waves and waves of grief. And I just started sobbing. And it chokes me up even now. I didn't realize how much I had allowed myself to override everything, right? My own self-care, my own uh, health. And I thought, as I was laying there blubbering, I thought, wow, I'm never going to let myself do this to me again. And, and I knew that there were other women out there who could also mm. use this lesson. So that was sort of the galvanizing moment. I guess the needles were doing their work. I really felt, woke up. I woke up, I committed to my own healing journey. And from there, I'd say it was a month. And then I gave my notice. And I said I was leaving for creative projects, whatever that meant. Um, Yeah, and I left a 16-year career at Stanford. And it was scary, but it it was the only way I knew how to heal. My acupuncturist calls that period when you're like, you can't (laughs) move because all the needles are there. The cook time. This is when you're cooking. Yes. Like, I'm going to leave you in the oven to cook a little bit longer. (laughs) I love what you shared about that. it, It wasn't about you changing places or changing your outside circumstances, that the same consciousness was traveling with you from position to position, from experience to experience. And that same feeling of, you know, well, I can just use the other arm or both arms start working. I can use my right, teeth. Right. Like you see all those guys on YouTube with, you know, the, the pencil and everything in their toes. I got that. I can handle that. Like give me a month. <laughs> I'll be doing stuff. I'll make it happen. Right. Yeah. So when you look back on it now, 
clearly it wasn't resonating with you, not just what you were doing, but also how you were doing it. Yeah. Other than your body. I think the body is what gets people out of the, it's the wake up when you are so used to being able to push and push. And then suddenly you've never hit the brick wall where you just can't right. Where just, you're not allowed to, you're not able when the body is no longer cooperating and says, you know, having a tantrum going, (laughs) no, I will do this no more. So what were some of the warning signs that you were, Mm. that were there that you missed before it hit the wall? Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, And funny enough, I was just on a hike with a friend who is a faculty at Stanford and I see all these warning signs. She sees them too, but her body hasn't given out yet. (laughs) So she hasn't been stopped, but the warning signs are, you know, this heroics, just constantly in heroic mode, like constantly going mm. above and beyond, giving, 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 um, yeah. just overextending. That's um, absolutely one of the characteristics. Being the go-to person tends to be an attribute of like, if you're known as the go-to person, hey, give that to Meredith, it always gets done. Like our ego loves that. <laughs> and it it does not set you up for success. It doesn't even set you up for like, leadership. It's like, it really does keep you just stuck in the, in the doing mode. Um, I noticed a lot of resentment and um, anger. I would get snappy. So like with my kids, I would be sort of short with them or very commanding, like, you know, can you just, can you just, and I wasn't really listening and I was just sort of barking orders. Um, So irritable, super irritable. There's a lot of like, I'll, I'll relax when like, okay, well, just after this big project is when I will mm-hmm. do, do what I need to do. Cause I know there's something going on, but just, you know, give me another couple months and then, then I'll do it. So there's a lot of negotiating with the future. Um, and then there's just narcotizing. This is a term I didn't know until I actually went into I was going to say, what is that? <laughs> I noticed that there's like a lot of different kinds of pause. The one that I took was a forced pause. It was like pause major. It was like full stop you don't get to negotiate. You just have to take a pause. Some people take vacations. Those are kind of like fun pauses. I don't find them as restorative as an actual pause. And we can get into what an actual pause is, but the narcotizing pause is really like distraction. So when you think of TV and like distraction is a lovely thing. I love distraction, but when we use it to repair ourselves, it just falls short. So there's distraction TV, there's distraction with drinking, there's distraction in shopping, there's distraction in, you know, getting into other people's business and like gossiping. Like there's lots of narcotizing that we do that helps us feel like we're taking a break, mm-hmm. but really isn't restoring us. And it's kind of, um, it's actually depleting us just little by little. Ooh, that's so powerful because I, I do see that in myself where I have a tendency to confuse distraction mm-hmm. with actual restoration. There you and go. I noticed the difference between it, but I did not realize there was the word. So thank you for that. That was, yeah. I'm going to sit with that afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Uh-huh. Mind bloom. I know you well enough to know that you are a super empath too. And I'm curious, mm. just, do you feel like that played in also to this overextending and this pleasing and this Ooh. trying to connect with people through uh, and connect with yourself in a way through this emotional exchange 
of mm. energy. That's so wise. I don't know if I've ever named it like that. Um, but I do know that pleasing energy was in play, right? So I call it the, the proving pleasing and perfectionism. I had all three. Um, it's kind of the cornerstone of the hustle energy. <laughs> You're, um, you please people because you think really you don't have a lot of value unless you're doing something. So you're constantly doing for others. I know. I just saw, I saw that look and I was like, oh boy, that hurts. Uh, it hurts yes. in the heart. Yeah. Totally hurts in the heart. Um, the proving is also, you know, I'm not a value unless I'm proving my worth. Like, what did you do today for, for the organization, for the family, whatever it is. Um, and then the perfectionism. Oh, there's so much control going on. <laughs> I just didn't, I would never have thought of myself. I thought, you know, I have high standards. But no, that's just another euphemism for I'm controlling. I like to have everything exactly as I like it, which is great for high achievement and doesn't scale past a certain level and it makes you miserable. So I learned mm -hmm. those three P's. I now replace with, you know, pause, play and pleasure. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I've had to learn play and pleasure because those did not come uh, naturally to me. I don't think in our culture that's, I mean, it's not taught to prioritize play and pleasure and rewarded right. in a way. So, and I do think that perfectionism is the opposite of flow. So the more you're in that controlling, manipulating circumstances yes. or experiences or your perception, the more that you take yourself out of a greater universal flow from your calling, from synchronicity and all the good things that yeah. come with getting to surrender. Yeah. I've done a lot of work with kind of holding different energies because I'm all over the map. I'm like a emotional roller coaster and I wanted more continuity with my energy. And so I came up with this framework that helps me understand where I'm at. And one of the quadrants is this hustle energy. I'm the poster child of hustle. At least I used to be, I'm still, you know, there's some still old patterns that are at work and I try to catch them early on, mm -hmm. but the hustle energy is that I have to get it done under my own steam, right? It's my resources that will get it done. And because we are so capable and so, you know, energetic, I'm a, like this little energetic bunny. I was able to get by on that until I wasn't. And then mm -hmm. I learned that that golden zone, that flow zone, that's really where things happen through you. It's not you having to make it happen. The dream is happening through you. The, the creativity is happening through you. And it really requires releasing and, and surrender and just trust that it's all working out. And again, for the controller in me, trust was not something I was really familiar with. <laughs> I would, I don't even think I practiced trust at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was very much a, yeah. no, I'll just get it done so that it'll get done. Right. There was no, like, let it be what it is. Yeah. So I've been playing with lots of different energy and just continually shifting from the moving from hustle to golden. And when I see stuckness in my life, I think, okay, where can I, release? Where can I trust? Where can I let go? I love to see it from an outside perspective too, because I think you're very aware and in tune with what your natural cycles are mm -hmm. and are good at reorienting. So you, you'll say, 
I'm in this place and this is, this is where (laughs) I'm diverting intentionally my energy. And I think that's to be aware is such a key moment to moment because our patterns, you know, are something that we can go back to when we're feeling uncomfortable. So it's a process like you're such a process in recovery. I'm in recovery (laughs) because those old patterns followed me to entrepreneurship. It's not like I've got to leave them behind in the cubicle. And the other thing I find fascinating is even if I'm, you know, in general, more in a flow state, I find that there are dimensions in my life, categories that I'm still stuck in, maybe struggle. Mm -hmm. Like recently with my health challenges, I have just weight that will not go, even though I'm doing all the things. And I, I learned recently that it's a hormonal issue. I was happy to find that there's a biological reason, but I realized ultimately there was an energetic reason. I am stuck in this old identity of my body's never worked. It's never been, you know, reliable. I have to always fight it. I have to like control it. So the struggle energy, I really have adopted this identity of struggle around my own body. And I would be the last person to think that's true because I'm so optimistic and I'm so like, Oh, there's so potential everywhere. And here I am (laughs) stuck in this like old, old wound around my body. And that, that actually is fresh. That came up to me today. I've been planning a, a workshop around visioning and I realized, Oh, Meredith, what is the vision for your body? And as I think through and step through the radiance that I love my body and I know my body to be, I realize, okay, so I can let go of this old struggle energy that I'm holding Mm -hmm. on my body. Cause she's amazing. My body is so amazing. Why not put her in that um, kind of radiant position? Why keep defaulting to like, who I thought I was 20 years ago. It's just, it's an old story. Yeah. The body is the the temple and the sanctuary for the soul. I mean, no greater, more beautiful vessel than to something that can hold just the spark of light. Yeah. That's right there with the divine. It's yeah. beautiful. I love that realization. So tell me about you. When you made your shift, you said you took a soul radical and I'm so fascinated about what a sabbatical is and what did that mean? Like, what did you do? Because you had so much trouble sitting at the acupuncture table. <laughs> what? I'm curious. Tell me about this transformative thing that led you oh to just God. leave in a month. Yeah. I, um, at the time I didn't know it was a sabbatical. I just thought it was a taking a year off to figure out what I want to do with my life, which I had to negotiate because that meant, you know a lot of things, including no money coming in. So I got the permission just to take the space, which I think, I think energetically, that was a huge commitment. Can I just take a year off and not collect a paycheck? That was its own evolution for me having worked since I was, you know, 16. So when I got the space, then I just started to get curious and started following the things that I love to do. And I had so much interest in intuition and dreams. I loved walking, napping. I loved being in my yard. I had a tree in the backyard that I would just sort of look up at and commune with. Like it was not formal. It was just every day I committed to following my curiosity and learn about the magic that's available right? Mm -hmm. Instead of 
having to get things done. I was still incredibly productive, let's be clear, but I would, you know, punctuate that with a few naps and, um, and just journaling, did a lot of writing. So it was a chance to really settle back in, but that was the beginning. And there was this huge recovery phase, right? Cause after you burned out, there's this, you got to repair and restore. So there was that. And then I remember getting a little closer to the end of the year and I started ramping up and into that, like, holy crap, what am I going to do? I don't have a you know, uh-huh. the next business idea and being in Silicon Valley, you know, just having a business idea is not good enough. It has to be like a billion dollar business idea. And I was like freaking out. like, what can I do? What can I do? And I had gone through some proposals, but they were just not really landing. And I was getting worried because TikTok time is running out. And you said one year and that's, you know, Meredith, you're going to keep yourself to that commitment because I'm like a hard ass. So I was like, oh, so I started getting freakier and freakier. And um, that controlling piece came out. And frankly, it shut down all my creativity. So I was looking into a coaching program. And funny enough, I didn't want to be a coach. I just really liked that they do retreats. I was like, that's the coolest idea ever to go on a week's worth retreat and really just spiritually attune. So as I was talking to, I had like a free session from a coach and she said, Hey, do you think you could take a break from trying to solve this, you know, problem of what are you going to do with the rest of your life? Can you take a break from that? I'm like, sure. She's like, okay, how about a three month break from, I'm like, I'm sorry. What? No, not three months. She's like, okay. How about three weeks? I'm like, Oh, you know, it's kind of, it's getting close to time. I, yeah. How about a week? (laughs) I will do a week. I will for one week, not think about this problem. And I promise to not think about it. So she said, okay, great. Let me know what happens. And it was, I mean, it went fast. Well, the first, after I committed to doing it, I got a sign from the universe that this was an incredibly auspicious, potent decision. Mm -hmm. And then I just relaxed because I didn't have to think about anything. And in that relaxing, I received the download that, and it was just the words, pause box. And I wrote it down and I was like, what the hell is that? (laughs) Like, what else? Tell me more. And there was no more coming, but I just felt like it was a full stop. Like that's your orders, pause box, go figure that out. And so that's how I launched my business, pause box. I think it's so interesting that we have this name spiritual retreat and retreat is, you know, withdrawing it's, you know, generally seen as backwards, but in all the experiences I've had with when I've led retreats or witnessed them or experienced them internally, it's the exact opposite. It's, you know, going withdrawing to that root, the deeper part of ourselves in order to somehow move forward or create that space and that container for the mystery to reveal itself. And so I've always found that name to be a curious one. Right. It sounds like you're running away from something. It's actually, I like to think of it as the rubber band, you know, you pull back and then Mm -hmm. you gather all this potential energy and then you release it and you just fly. Mm -hmm. I know that as I take, and I take kind of quarterly pauses they're not always retreat looking like I'm not always living like a monk mm-hmm. or doing all the, all the, you know, eight hours of practices, but it is a commitment to not generate things and to quiet and listen and to soften mm-hmm. and to go mm-hmm. inward. And I do that at least 
once a quarter because I tend to burn high. So I kind of need that reality check. And every time I do it, I get some big aha. I get some forward idea that is going to take me into that next season. So for me, it's a creativity engine and I Mm -hmm. love it. And I'm so grateful that I, I get to follow that path into my, into my intuition. I love the creativity engine. That is a really profound way to look at those pauses or those periods. Oh yeah. So, so you do something about once a quarter. Yeah. So I have definitely been that overachiever, overdoer. Like if you look at my astrology chart, I'm almost entirely masculine in the energy. Mm. So it's like, I struggle to like you, I'm like, I don't know how to stop. <laughs> like I can be, be like, I'm going to take some time off. And then I'll be like, well, I need, I need the laundry. Like I've got to be like folding. Like I have to yeah, do fussing. something. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my question is in those, and I've had to learn like you, the skill of trying to create more space and in a new kind of way of relating to the world. Mm. But I'm curious as to what would you say for that person who is like just getting started. So the idea of maybe four retreats a year or yeah, like, even if it's so a mini retreat, it's like terrifying. <laughs> like, oh, I don't know. What would I do? Oh my gosh. And to me, I always found the most exciting part in the very beginning was like, oh, I get to go buy a new journal. And sometimes I would use like a few pages, but it'd be like, oh, that was the fun part. Buying the things for right, the getting ready. Mm-hmm. But I, so what would you say to that person who is maybe right now they're feeling overwhelmed, they're taking care of their family, they're doing all these unsung hero kind of mm-hmm. things, they're working hard in their life, they're trying to find a greater sense of fulfillment where, where do they start? What is, what is a pause? Maybe what's, what's the in-between what's the transition to get to that healthier space? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't recommend jumping into a day long pause or even a week long pause, unless you had some structure and maybe some support. Right. So, so that you had an agenda, like it's really comforting. I like, I'm, again, I'm not ready to be the Zen monk who can handle no structure. I need to know that I'm doing a good job. <laughs> it still follows me into a pause. So let's set that aside. Cause I think that's its own art. And I, um, and I have some ideas about how you could use the time, but I think it starts even before that. And so where I want to start with this is if you notice, you might be the person who's doing all this work, there's really a an invitation to, to change the way you're showing up. So for example, I'm also the one who does all the tasks around the house. Again, I think it's my control thing. Like I had to finally realize Meredith, you have to delegate to your kill, your kids. It is in their best interest Mm -hmm. to a contribute to the household Mm -hmm. and learn responsibility that had to start with me letting go of what the task is supposed to look like, or the time the task gets done. Now that was, that was hard for me to do because it's way easier for me just to clean things up, make it all ship shape. So just starting that evolution was important for me like, okay, what can I let go of and notice it's going to be done imperfectly. So these are inside transitions and relationship transitions. Mm. My husband had offered to, um, he's like, why don't you use those like grocery services? You know? And I was like, 
no one can make decisions like I can, you know, which apple to pick. <laughs> I'm dying over it here. Just, right. <laughs> so it keeps you in the heroic mode. So just even making simple noticing, Hey, is it okay if someone else picks my apples? Is it okay if they bring the wrong brand home? Like you just, I realized I was so uptight about how things had to work. And so I had stitched myself in as like this essential thing in all processes. And that left me very little room. And then when my kids were little, you know, the minute they woke up, my life was mom life. So there was a time where I was getting up early just so that I could do some free writing. My intuition, I think I learned this from you, Claire audience. Mm -hmm. I I get my intuition through that inner uh, voice. Mm -hmm. So that was a commitment that I, I would write um, three pages of, you know, morning pages just to find myself just to like, Hey, what's up? Who are you? Oh, hello there. I haven't seen you all day. Right. And needing just to find that little space. So that became my first pause was from five to six in the morning. And I was an early morning person. So it wasn't so painful. That was my pause. And then I would go and take care of my family and then I'd go to work. And that's how I transitioned. I was doing some of these practices while I was still at Stanford. Mm-hmm. I had learned a few basic techniques. And I think that's why my sabbatical had some foundation to it. I didn't just jump from like narcotizing coping skills to straight into like this abyss of space. It's like, no, I had some intuitive practices that I would, would honor. So that's an itty bitty mm-hmm. starting point. Yeah. I love that. I think anybody who shares a household, you know, with family, with a partner, sometimes with an animal, then you're in your essential emergency kit should be a do not disturb sign for one of the doors (laughs) that just says, this is my meditation, quiet space, or this is my, you know, I'm having five minutes for some yoga stretching. I'm doing deep breathing and I don't want to hear your, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so it's like, that's that and tea. Those two things should be somewhere in the emergency, easy to access. Absolutely. I love that. (laughs) So what do you think that the biggest transformations that you have seen working with people, like what's, what happens on the inside? Like, what are, what are you seeing in your work? Um, Well, I'm actually working right now with a a woman who's just like this dynamo. I, she's like a very young, younger, prettier version of me. Um, She's also at Stanford and she's just this powerhouse. And yet when she came to me, she was just so broken and so like, energy was like that. And she thought it was her job, Mm -hmm. right? We always think it's a job. Oh, it must be my job. I must be doing the wrong thing. Sometimes it is. But I said, um, well, I'm not a career coach, but I have an idea that there's a bigger, you know, bigger shift at play here. And sure enough, as we did the work and she she doesn't seem to be really well-versed in the spiritual stuff, but she seems very open to it. Like her body wisdom now that she's acknowledged it is super sharp and like, Oh, it's been trying to get my attention this whole time. She's an athlete, Mm -hmm. but she had been overriding it. And with all the shoulds and the performance and the work until it hurts kind of attitude. Mm -hmm. So she's finally softening. I was thinking about some of her words. She's like, I'm more optimistic. I'm more grateful. I'm able to be myself more. So that for her, it was a huge aha 
that you could actually be who you are authentically at work. Now, I know we've all been taught you have to pose. You got to like prove yourself. You got to be perfect. No, she realizes, oh my gosh, when I show up authentically and feel before I speak, like feel into, is this true for me? The things that come out of my mouth are so helpful and um, supportive and, you know, they build on the things that I want to do at work. That is um, really getting into that inner authority has been her journey. So for the transformation, the kind of work I do, I notice that when you open up the space and you start to say, hey, body, spirit, intuition, guides, come and be my partner in this experience, then you're quickly moved into kind of a flow, kind of a, a new expression of yourself. And it always ends well. I've not had one single person come to me and say, oh, you know, when I trusted myself, it didn't work out so well. It's like always been like, I didn't know that if I could trust myself, it made things go quicker. People had no problem with it. I actually got the raise I was looking for. So it has this magic when you start trusting that inner authority. I mean, that's the huge transition, right? When you're going like, oh, the brand of my soy sauce is so important. (laughs) You know, you're making it circumstantial or like these, these little things. I think that's powerful. And I wonder too, if I see when people step more into the spiritual realm and they get more connected with who they truly are, with their guides, with that Mm -hmm. inner current of energy, that what happens is they have this dawning realization that anxiety isn't normal for them all the time, that to just wake up and then instantly be anxious and carry that through, that there's almost this undercurrent where that was so accepted. It's a given a norm. It's a total given, right? especially if you're in a high powered position or you're trying to like do all the things we really worked with her on um, trust for sure. But this dial is self-honoring. So part of my journey, as you, as I just shared, I was really self-abandoned. I hadn't been there for myself. I, I was a taskmaster. I was, I'm surprised my body didn't do anything more severe than what it did. And so as you move from abandonment to from like, a lot of us are just self-forgetting, like we're just last on the list. It just doesn't occur to us to even think of our bodies or our needs, our feelings. You keep moving up this, this continuum to self-honoring. For me, I know that my evolution is on this axis. How can I honor myself more, right? I'm not too much. If I have a need, it counts. I don't have to put it in the back so that I can take care of everyone else. It's mm-hmm. like, what do you need right now? What is it that you need right now? And how can you give it to yourself? And it creates trust, which creates this beautiful virtuous circle with your own spirit. Mm-hmm. And it just gives your spirit more room to come through, to get your attention, to give you knowing. So self-honoring and trust, those are the axes for me um, that I continually ask to be shown how I can be more in that. Yeah. I think when we see that once you get into a more balanced state and you see that anxiety yes. is the warning sign always to tune into first, I think those are the solutions, the self-honoring, yeah. the trust it's, that's somehow yeah. like love is the answer. Yeah. Also, you know, in our relationship with ourselves, that how you were putting it, it's, those are the dials, as you say, to tweak and to connect with. 
so Meredith listeners uh, took the communicating with your spirit guides course. And I loved how you showed up in there ex- exactly as you've talked about today is the more that you make space for where you truly are and you share from your heart space and with your spirit guide support, you make an impact. And I loved having you in our sessions, but one of the things, uh, if you don't mind me sharing was something funny from a meeting at another time. When, as you start talking with your spirit guides in the course, you are meeting with them on a daily basis. And I remember you saying this past year, I was going to normally the end of the year is like busy time. You do these things. I had this idea of what I was going to do. And then my guides threw me a total curveball. And I was wondering if maybe you'd share about that because it totally hits with that. Our guides are always trying to tell us, whoa, pump the brakes, you know, tune in. And, and I, I just love that story. I love it too. Such a wake up call because, so I had kind of, it was November and I was sort of, I was in a pause in November and I thought, okay, I have to really go big in December, right? I've been off the grid, you you know, create some wow, you know, to be (laughs) responsible and like I should go and do something really big because end of the year, it's self-development. It's obviously a huge, huge thing. So I woke up one morning and I'm always trusting my my creative downloads. And I woke up and I was like, oh, I have the idea. It has like 18 different parts and it's an event and it's a thing and it's a download and it's a blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I'm writing it down furiously. Oh my God, this is a great idea. (laughs) So then um, I had been doing the practice of most days I sit and I, you know, raise my vibration and I connect with my guides and I download what it is that they want to um, share. So I'm so excited. I'm like, oh, can't wait to share these with my guides. And, and it was a lot of pieces, you know, I was like, and then this, and then this, and And what they shared was a big ixnay on the, on the go EA. Like they were like, okay. And I was doing some muscle testing because I wasn't quite sure. I'm like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm quite getting this, you know, like let's do some muscle testing just to really make it clear. So they poo-pooed all of the, you know, pieces, um, except one piece. And that they said they supported, or it is supported. I asked, will this be supported? And um, it's funny because I actually got rest and rejuvenate the Oracle card. Mm -hmm. Like they kept throwing that down, rest and rejuvenate, rest and rejuvenate. I was like, but this idea, (laughs) rest and rejuvenate. Oh, okay. So they said, um, I said, one is, is this supported? It was a download and it was a download of a, a ritual I had done forever. And it was, it was really about, kind of a year in review. And nobody really talks about going back through the year and really integrating. What did you learn? What, what came up mm-hmm. for you? And really learning what your year was about before you embark on this next year. Yeah. So that was the ritual that I created a download for. And for the first time ever, and this was with minimal effort, like I put it down in a couple of posts and I got over a hundred downloads. It so resonated with people. Oh, we haven't done an end of year ritual. And I was like, thank you guides, because really I didn't want to work December. Like I didn't want to go at December like a crazy person. I love being with my family and I have a college kid coming home from college. Like I got to enjoy being part of my family and I still had the success in my business all because I was smart enough not to trust that old proving energy that was coming and saying, hey, here's all the ideas for how you can go prove yourself. 
And that was a real mind turner mm-hmm. for me because I'm normally really trusting of all my creative energy. But when I validated it just in a really quiet way with my guides, that's when I got the, okay, you don't have to go out and do all the things, Meredith. That's your old stuff. Mm-hmm. Just do this one thing. Keep showing up. Here it is. There's the one thing. Yeah. And thank goodness. Cause my December was just so enjoyable. And so, yes, thank you for your teaching. Cause I would never have that tool. I love that. I would never have that tool. I love too, that it was so easy. Like you get, you can get the same result and then it's like, Oh, there's a whole easy way to do this. Wow. And it's even better results. Even you know, better. You're bringing in more aligned people experiences, your presence, mm-hmm. which is very powerful. I love that. You've talked a lot about the dials and the golden oh, yeah. zone. And I mm-hmm. know that you have a system in place to kind of help people make an assessment about yes. where to get started. So how do people discover more about that and what you're working on? Perfect. I, I, I love uh, the energy quiz. You can find it on my website and that's going to be in the show notes, but it's pauseboxco.com. And you take the energy quiz. It's a, it's a quickie and it's going to give you a real kind of instant take on how you're showing up. Are you in struggle? Are you in hustle? Are you in autopilot? We didn't talk much about autopilot, but Ooh. autopilot is a, is a definitely a thing. Or are you in golden? And it just helps you get a snapshot of where you are so that you can start being more mindful Mm -hmm. of, and then there are specific remedies. If you're interested in saying, how do I go from struggle to golden? I got some ideas for you. So it's all about energy shifts and that's available on the website. I love that. And I, I know that I had taken it at some point and really got a lot of value from just that reminder of, oh, Wait, I'm doing good, but there's always places to continuously check in. And like you were talking about with your guide, just validate, revalidate where I am and where I can keep expanding pleasure. And what was it? The pleasure play? What was the third one? Pause, pleasure and play. These are my three uh, new commitments since starting this company. Right. I feel like that needs to be maybe tattooed somewhere <laughs> or like on every custom pin printed, like, Oh, just in case if you're, you know, in achievement mode and journaling, right. like, you know, and like trying to finish that last journal. It's like, Oh yeah. For me, pause, play pleasure. Sounds good to me. <laughs> I love that. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. I know that you truly walk your talk, which is why I'm so glad to have you on. And that what you do as a clarity coach really is helping so many people realign and reconnect with who we truly are as luminous, unlimited beings who are deserving of pleasure, who are deserving of mm-hmm. love and honoring our bodies as vessels. It's There's so much power that we have yet to step into fully as a consciousness. And the more conversations that we can have around this, the better it feels, the more we can create new generations of people who are learning and loving and growing together. Mm. So thank you for all of your work and all of your sharing and your honesty and openness (laughs) and, and your grit and like the real stuff. I love it. Oh, thank you. Total honor. Thanks so much, Christina. All righty. 
And thank you for everyone who's joined us today. So grateful for your presence and just have you here and part of our Kindred Spirit community and sending love so that you have a beautiful rest of your day and just a little extra sprinkle of positive energy. Be sure to check out SedonaMedium.com and sign up for our email to get more incredible content to just help you on your spiritual journey. If you have questions for us, please feel free to reach out. If you would, wherever you're listening to us today, go ahead and rate us. Give us some feedback. Let us know what you're enjoying, what episode's your favorite, what's resonating with you. We love to hear that. Thank you for those that have given us ratings. We are thankful and appreciate you. And thanks for listening. The Modern Life and Spirit podcast is for informational purposes only. The information provided is not intended to provide medical, psychological, legal, or financial advice. The information provided is not to diagnose or treat any medical or psychological illness. To read the full disclaimer, see SedonaMedium.com.